Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome back to Just the Headers. This is Just the Just the Headers number 70. This is the 70th. Is it, is it really 70? It is really 70. You'd never know that oh. because we missed three in a row. <laughs> but uh, Wait, we didn't miss three in a row. We only missed three. one. Yeah, that's true. We missed one. Uh, but nevertheless... We've only missed two since the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, man, that's not a bad track record. Two, two out of what? How many weeks? Uh, seventy. No, that'd be two out of seventy-two, right? We missed we've two out 70 of seventy. We've missed two, then it would be two out of seventy-one or two out of seventy-two. Two out of seventy, bro. This is the seventieth podcast. We missed two. Yeah, but the, we there still were did two that. that we're supposed to have. How would we miss the ones that we've done? We didn't miss the ones that we've done. We just delayed them. We did them the following week. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We missed publishing them. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Two out of 70. Okay. It's not bad, man. Look at us go. We get, look at the customer service we're doing over here. Anyways, how was your week, Jesse? Oof. It's long and busy. I can dig that. I'm sure it's as busy as your week. Mine was a week. My weeks are weeks, you know. A week is a week, a week, a week. That's that's how how it goes on my head now. Dude, have you seen these price drops? Bro, it's like Black Friday up in this bitch. Have you been gobbling? I've been gobbling. You've been gobbling? I have not been gobbling. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like Pac-Man. Dang. Dude, price drops five hundred. You gotta buy a little more than you typically do. You just gotta. Mm, How much do you buy? Treat yourself. Mm. Well, if it's usually like one to five percent, you gotta bump it up. Maybe even double it. Fuck it. Huh. Double it to two to ten percent. Mm. Mm. Anyways, I'm <laughs> stop making weird noises. <laughs> um. So. My week was okay. I'm happy ex- about the Breaking Bad movie that's coming out, El Camino. I was a huge Breaking Bad fan, huge. Oh yeah, I saw that with uh, yeah. the guy who plays Jesse. God, Walter White was such a good character. What did he say? That line was like, "I am the danger, bitch." I was like, "Damn, this show is intense. This is my shit, dude. I want to be a gangster too." Um. What else happened? I experienced um, a pizza chain here in Louisville called Diario's. That is something to be. It is something to behold, Jesse. It is amazing pizza. Diario's. D D I O R O Dioro Dioro's. Oh. 
Man, it's it's really good. It's really good. It's not that expensive either. It's like eight bucks for a pie. Wow, that is cheap. That's good. It's very good. It's very very. That's really cheap. Like that's what I expected. I expected cheap, and then I got it, and this glorious thin crust margarita pizza came on with the nicest slabs of mozzarella. I was like, "What are y'all doing here? This is not supposed to look or taste this good." But let me tell you, pretty good. And that's a free ad for Dioro. All right, so we're gonna get it going here. We're gonna. If you've never heard this show before, are you in for some shit? This is a show where we read articles and then in real time decide if that article is bullshit or not. That's pretty much what we do now. So <laughs> we're gonna jump right into it. The first article. Why Bitcoin tumbled below $8,000. I know off the bat this is bullshit, but let's give it a read. Uh, Bitcoin prices briefly slipped below $8,000 each on Thursday. $8,000 each. How does that make? Wait a second. Bitcoin prices briefly slipped below $8,000 each. Oh, each Bitcoin on Thursday for the first time in three months. Uh, Though the cryptocurrency is still more than double its level at the start of 2019. Uh, What do these bold and volatile moves mean? Well, David Nage, principal at the Los Angeles-based money manager Arca Funds, discusses his views on his week's price drop and whether the volatility might turn off big investors. He said, with Bitcoin, where there's potentially a drop, obviously you can see it as a potential to buy. Look at his snarky-ass face, snarky snark bitch. And then here's another quote. If supply continues to get cut in half and the demand continues to rise, Classical economics shows the price increases. Ain't nothing classical up in here. No, I'm kidding. That's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, Low key, Jesse, that's why I don't worry about Bitcoin price like at all anymore. Oh. It's basic economics, man. If the supply goes down and the demand stays the same what happens to the price unless there's another new thing that's nice and shiny no no what do you mean by that if bitcoin 2 comes out if satoshi nakamoto comes back and goes hey guys i made bitcoin 2 everybody from bitcoin's gone peace That's a random thing that could ever could happen, but or that would take a long time. Tells everything, and then makes no a new one. one. I don't know because people would be like, "Whatever, dude, you're not Satoshi." Boom, game over. That would be a lot harder than you think, man. Because yeah, if he know. could do that, then he would have done it by now. Would he? Yeah, I would have done it, and then watched everyone leave, and then I would got all the cheap Bitcoin, and I would have said, "Psych." That thing doesn't even work. And then I would have had all the Bitcoin and it would have had to pay me a lot to get it back. Mm. Evil genius. All right, your turn, man. Find an article. Let it rip. Let's see. What an interesting article. Mm, nope. That article didn't say anything about why Bitcoin tumbled below 8,000. Just said conventional or classical economics. Yeah. That was a shitty article. 
Okay, here. Facebook's Zuckerberg appears to put Libra launch date in doubt. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has refused to commit to the planned 2020 launch for the Libra uh, cryptocurrency project. Talking in an interview with Nikkei on on Thursday, Zuckerberg was asked about the expected date of the stablecoin's arrival, to which he replied, obviously we want to move forward at some point soon and not have this take many years to roll out, he said. But right now I'm really focused on making sure that we do this well. Since the launch of Libra's white paper in June, regulators worldwide have been strident in their objections to the project, saying it poses not only a risk to financial stability, but could be used in financial crimes. But it's also a threat to sovereign currencies. Notably, lawmakers in the U.S. and France have called for the project to be halted. So, um, yeah, the Libra project had appeared to have been sticking to its guns on the 2020 target, with Libra Association Managing Director and COO Bertrand Perez saying in mid-September that, quote, we are firmly maintaining our launch schedule between the end of the first half of the year and the end of 2020. So it looks like um, Zuckerberg is saying one thing and the actual association is doing another. So we'll see how that turns out, I guess, in 2020. Yeah. Are you excited about Libra or, or do you not care at all? I don't care. You got more important shit going on. You're like, man, fuck, fuck up, big, fuck up, fuck his book, cryptocurrency. Not no damn time for no Facebook cryptocurrency. That's bullshit. I mean, everybody's kind of getting fed up with uh, the uh, time, the speed of development, which is, I mean, takes time to do things. Oh, also, um, I didn't realize that they actually created a one nanome- uh, nanometer transistor, so shit's going to get even tinier. Yeah, it's going down, Jesse. I thought that, that uh, seven nanometers was the limit for transistor, um, like uh, for the actual structure to maintain functionality. But I guess it can go smaller. Where do you, how small do you think it can go? Can it go to 0.5 nanometer? Yeah, well, it can't go smaller than quantum mechanics will allow. Then that point at which electrons don't actually behave correctly. Yeah. Will behave like well, the hash rate dipped and then it came right back up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but if you look at the hash, the like overall charts of the hash rate over the past few months, like it does take dips like that. So yeah. I don't know what that's about, though. It's kind of it's not sus at all, it looks like it dips like that. Yeah. I love how people try to clamor for reasoning. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on with the price? Oh, my God. And it's like, dude, just if you don't know, why worry? That's my that's my mentality. It's like if you're not the person that's like, yeah, I'm about to fuck this price up because I'm a big ass whale and this is what I do. I'm going to trade all this shit, make a bunch of money and fuck this price up. I hope it goes well. If you're not that person, shut the fuck up. Dollar cost average. Enjoy the time while you have it. Learn about the vehicle you're invested in, and shut the fuck up. Those that those are my tips. <laughs> those those are my I mean, investing tips. <laughs> Going over to D's investing class. Don't worry about it, and shut the fuck up. No I'm kidding. Um, that was rude. I'm, I apologize, Jesse. 
You know, I've been hearing a lot of professors say, like, invest in real estate. Uh, America is, uh, like, for instance, my biology teacher was just saying, oh, yeah, you should, everybody should get into real estate, you know, get into real estate while you're young. And then uh, my girlfriend's professor for, like, U.S. history is talking about how he's loaded up on real estate. America's all about dreams and taking out big amounts of uh, debt to pay for homes. And he's, like, he's proud of the fact that he has, like, half a million dollars in home loans and two homes. And uh, he's like, yeah, I, I own, like, 500K worth of homes. And then he glosses over the fact that he actually he, he actually is in debt for more than that because he hasn't been paying off uh, the principal. So he's just been paying off and bouncing around interest. So it's like, I don't understand that. What he's People think they're wealthy and they have tons of that. debt. I mean, he's just waiting for somebody to come buy that. That's all. That's all he's waiting for. Well, I don't blame him. He's just waiting for somebody to come buy that shit. So um, That could pay off, you know, because if somebody wants to buy one of those houses that he has, you know, then that flips that eats into that debt real quick. And then if you sell another house, then you're in the positive, you know? Yeah. But you're just leveraging, right? It's just leveraging with money that you don't have and banking on the fact that bankruptcy only, you know, takes seven years to get, you know, wiped clean. Life is a gamble. So it's like, life is a gamble, Jesse. Oh, if you live it like he's living it, it sure is a gamble. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. If you're literally gambling, yeah, it's definitely a gamble. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's different degrees of risk, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I've taken some risks in my heyday. The biggest risk I ever took, her name was Jennifer. No, I'm kidding. That was going to be a stupid joke. It was going to be stupid. Um, no, I take that back. The biggest risk I ever took was eating liverwurst. That shit is disgusting. This is gross. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what I found it. out this week? You found out that uh, Prince that was actually good at basketball. He is not. Who? What? What? No, I was going to say that I found out that uh, Japanese curry on rice goes really well with uh, um, fried eggs, sunny side up fried eggs. Japanese curry. And rice and sunny side up. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah, so like you just throw the fried, like hard fried eggs on top and then just slice through that yolk and then that yolk mixes in with the curry over the rice. So good. Mm, you're Jamaican me hungry. Mm. Some people don't like raw eggs, though. So well, I don't consider it's that only for raw. the people who like raw eggs. I don't consider that raw. I consider that like warm. Warm. Yeah. Anyways, let's let's just get let's get into it. Now I'm hungry. We're gonna be talking about we can be talking about food all night. This ain't a food show. Coinbase now supports Stellar and Chainlink cryptocurrencies in New York. This is crazy shit. Cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase has announced that New York residents now have access to two cryptocurrencies launched for other jurisdictions months ago. In two tweets late on Wednesday, the exchange said customers based in New York State can now hold, buy, sell, send, and receive Stellar Lumens and Chainlinks. Uh, the cryptos will now be available on Coinbase.com and the exchanges, iOS, and Android apps in the state. So New York is finally getting hip with cryptocurrency. The see to me the like the the painting is on the wall already. 
Like Wall Street is getting a base in with crypto before they start just letting it do its thing. They're buying all these different cryptos they like. They're getting their positioning. They're buying companies. They're buying exchanges, investing in exchanges. Um, they've changed the seasonality of Bitcoin's prices. Like typically, like right about now, Bitcoin's price is marching up. But they've changed that. They've inverted that. Like just to continue to wash out old hands, right? And they're just waiting patiently for the happening to come, and then they're just going to just fucking, it's just going to go stupid dumb. And Wall Street's going to be like, ah, got y'all bitches again. You think that's going to happen? I think that's how it's currently going down. I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened in the past few years. Like Bitcoin seasonality has been broken. Um, somebody's still buying all this Bitcoin, Jesse. Like, the volume has been up. Like it's going somewhere and it's not it behaving seem... the way it used to. I think all the old, old Bitcoin heads and crypto heads, they sold out and they're living on a beach somewhere. They're enjoying it. Mm. And I think Walt, there's, there's, I think a lot of Bitcoin traded hands, you know, you know what might put the nail in the coffin on my theory. Let's look at the Bitcoin days destroyed. Where is it? You know what days destroyed means, right? Yep. The audience that video good where the uh oh the YouTube uh, the YouTube video where the guy goes up oh, Bitcoin died this time the Bitcoin died this time. No, that's not what I mean by days de- days destroyed. Oh, okay. So Never days destroyed then. is an actual metric. If I buy a Bitcoin today and then sell it a hundred days later then that is a that is a hundred Bitcoin days destroyed. What does so, it mean to be destroyed? It doesn't mean destroyed. It, 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 they just call it destroyed. But it basically means that like a Bitcoin changed hands or it went from one address to another address. Why don't they say that? It doesn't sound as awesome. Makes it too clear, the yeah. meaning. Exactly. But so like, for example... If if Satoshi were to move a Bitcoin right now from the original addresses that he has, then that would be how many days destroyed in one movement? It would be what ten times three sixty five, so it'd be three thousand six hundred and fifty days destroyed in one move. So that's how you can kind of tell if Bitcoin has been changing hands a lot. You you count the days destroyed. It's a neat little metric that I found on blockchain and I can't really like find it right now. It's not it's not straightforward anymore like it used to be on blockchain. Speaking of changing hands and things destroyed and uh Wall Street repurchasing things at cheaper prices and selling them at high prices because of their ability to control markets. Uh here's an article. What billions in Fed repo injections reveal about the promise of Bitcoin? So last week, the Federal Reserve injected $278 billion into the securities repurchase or repo market over four days, all so that banks could meet their liquidity needs. It was the first time the Fed had intervened in this vital interbank market, where banks pawn financial assets to fund overnight cash needs since the financial crisis of 2008. Fed officials and bankers dismissed the rare liquidity breakdown as a hiccup 
stemming from a series of coincidental factors in bond markets and corporate tax payments. It wasn't a very comforting explanation, not when other economic warning signs are flashing too. $17 trillion in bonds worldwide showing negative yields, a worsening U.S.-China trade war, and manufacturing indicators signaling an impending global recession. <clears throat> Sounds pretty good, huh? Uh, predictably, certain types of crypto have viewed this alarming scenario with glee. More than a few hodling tweeters respond to the repo story with two words of advice. Buy Bitcoin. But it's actually hard to predict what all this means for crypto markets, at least in the short to medium term. If and when a 2008-like financial panic takes hold, will Bitcoin rally as a new kind of uncorrelated quote-unquote safe haven? Or will it decline in a broad-based risk-off dumping of all things speculative? Notwithstanding a sharp dip and rebound midway through last week, Bitcoin has proven quite stable of late, at least by its own volatile standards. Other questions. Do these vulnerabilities in traditional credit markets highlight the promise of new blockchain-based ideas? For example, would wider use of security tokens allow speedier settlement and by extension reduced counterparty risks and greater market confidence? Or, far more radically, would MakerDAO's on-chain defy lending markets enable a more reliable clearing mechanism with collateral calls locked in by a decentralized protocol? Or might these underdeveloped ideas simply be recipes for systemic risk, a single hack or software glitch away from setting off a vicious spiral of collateral calls and bankruptcies? The jury is out on all this untested stuff. Still, if nothing less, the many signs of stress in the traditional finance system offer a valuable framework for thinking about how the world could be different and the role of blockchain technology might play in enabling that new world. Let's look at some of them. So we've got negative yields. The rare phenomenon where creditors are essentially paying issuers for the privilege of lending them money. Head scratcher, right? Reflects excessive demand for, for quote-unquote safe assets, especially for government-issued bonds. It has historically been a strong indicator of an impending recession since it reflects an overwhelmingly... Uh, and overwhelming reluctance among investors to take on risk. Um, you've got these other uh, subtitles. So global economic slowdown, repo intervention, shining light. Uh, a more important question is why we even tolerate a system that's so vulnerable to those back-end markets problems at all. The only reason central banks ever intervene to support interbank credit markets is because society's means of payment depends on avoiding cash shortfalls and maintaining confidence in fractional reserve banking. If banks don't have enough cash to meet short-term creditor calls, they would suffer runs on their deposits. Companies wouldn't make payroll. Tenants would have to skip rent. ATMs would run out of banknotes, etc. The economy would seize up. The worst of it is that, because of this ever-present threat, banks hold our political system to ransom, knowing that they can always rely on bailouts. The too-big-to-fail problem. Is this a Bitcoin.com article? This is a Coindesk.com article. Oh, okay. Uh, but what if banks just stuck to longer-term lending? What if there were no checking accounts or debit slash credit cards and we simply exchange value with each other via cash or digital currencies that we hold ourselves? If people use Bitcoin or fiat-backed stablecoins or central bank digital currencies to exchange value instead of the IOUs of an inherently frag uh, fragile fractional reserve banking system, 
institutional cash shortages simply wouldn't matter as much. Banks' biggest creditors might take a hit against their risk-adjusted positions and their stock prices would fall, but the rest of us, including the Fed, could ignore the problem. Um, as the journalist and commentator Heidi Moore abs, uh, astutely observed in a tweet storm last week, the reason the repo market tumult is so worrying is because it speaks directly to the core problem of trust in the banking system. If nothing else, this is where blockchain technology provides a valuable lens with which to assess the current stress in the financial system. It helps us think about how the trust problem creates vulnerabilities, power imbalances, and systemic risks, and how we might design a system that's a better able to resolve it. That's a cool article, but... It is. It's a big opinion piece. I mean, it's not like... I love how those... If things were better, they'd be better. It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean... You're not even really saying anything to me that that helps me right now. So, so, I mean, all of this is really, yeah. I mean, largely, unless it's um, policy, right? A lot of a lot of the stuff that we read, unless it's policy related or business startup in crypto space related or new tech, most of it, the rest of it, is basically just opinion stuff. What actually needs to happen is that people that are have affinity for cryptocurrency need to start running for office and getting in positions to decide the way things go. I mean, that's, that's got to happen or else it's always going to be this like niche thing for niche community. But in reality, like the world has rules. People make those rules. If you like crypto, get into a position where you can make rules that make crypto easy to use for people. I mean, it's really that easy. I mean, if I think we've probably had this conversation a few times already, but what do you think is going to be the biggest contributor to the value of Bitcoin spiking? Uh, t- what do you mean contributor? Like, what's going to cause it to spike? Yeah, where's the money going to come from? Uh, is it going to be newly minted money? Is it going to be taxpayers' money? Is it going to be uh, people buying into crypto like uh, outside of, I don't know, Wall Street? Or um, Wall Street I think it'll or be like not newly minted money, but it's gonna be, um, whenever there's a clear path for like large entities that have that manage like billions of billions and billions, <laughs> Donald Trump, of dollars to start investing with a low risk, um. It's gonna be that old money that's gonna it's gonna slowly come into this market. So, I mean, I don't know if it's literally literally gonna be newly minted money. Um, How big is the market? Do you think for of old money coming into crypto? For example, um, like we know the video game industry is like one hundred seventy billion dollars, mm-hmm. right? So, what is the biggest slice of the pie of money that you expect will drive Bitcoin price to, I don't know, whatever you think it's going to be. I can honestly see Bitcoin getting to a $1 trillion market cap. Okay. So what is going to be the other 800 billion or so that is going to come into it? Like what's the biggest percentage going to be from? I think it's going to be a little bit of a lot of things. It's going to be a little bit of real estate coming in, a little bit of real estate, foreign and domestic. A little bit of the gold market will come in. The silver market will come in. The type 
platinum market will come in. Um, there's a lot going on with the oil. I think oil's price like may peak here in the next five years or so. And then after Why that, do you think oil price will peak? Uh, I think it's going to take a lot of oil to get us to a point where we get where we're starting to use more uh, renewables. So I see the oil price going up again, probably into the triple digits, just to get us over the peak of being able to even manufacture or create new forms of renewable energy. And then once those renewable energy, then once that becomes commoditized, you're going to see like emerging markets actually leap over fossil fuels and not need it. They're going to go straight to renewable energy. And that that's going to cause the oil price to drop down into like to low twenties, and it won't be used as much as it needs to be used, or was, or needs to be used today. And so then, okay. Oil so again, go. you've given me like little percentages of the big pie of money yeah. that's going to come in to purchase Bitcoin. What's going to be the largest slice of money? Um, derivatives. So who who specifically like when you say derivatives, that could be a whole. Yeah, I know. Like a whole big mean? generic term for a whole ETFs, lot of credit. Like lots of yeah. ETFs, the gold ETFs, the silver ETFs, all the same. The ETFs of those things that we just talked about, those will all come in. Like it's it won't be like one thing. It'll be a little bit of everything. Yeah, but what I'm asking is what's gonna be the biggest slice, right? The biggest slice that comes from something into the Bitcoin market. Uh That's a great question, man. Let's hash it out right here. Let's like let's have an audible. Let's have an audible whiteboard. Um, you think it's gonna be the e-commerce market or the gold market? Uh, I don't think it's gonna be e-commerce because PayPal and Amazon kind of have that on lock right now. Um. I think it'll be global retail investors. Nah. They're too busy. Retail investors are too busy. They invest in something and then like the average retail investor, I think, invests in something and they're like, ooh, I just invested. I'm so, mm, this is going to, this is cool. Like they don't like. They're not the person that's trying to actively be in the know. They just invest in things because they've been told it's a good thing to do and they're following some strategy and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but I think that that's largely crypto, no? Largely the money that's coming into crypto is because somebody told them, hey, this is good, blah, blah, blah. Not a lot of people are like savvy enough to understand how like Bitcoin, for example, works underneath the hood. Like you and I don't understand it all the way underneath line by line of code i'm not ever gonna want to understand it line by line and code i understand it enough you understand like uh yeah you, you understand enough about it yeah. but then like you know like our podcast reaches a whole variety of people at different you know levels of understanding about this whole thing but some people are just buying it because it's recommended and that's all they know and they know the higher level stuff but nobody really knows you know whether it's going to be um, boosted by uh, economic recession. Nobody knows if it's going to be, nobody knows what the factors that are going to trigger its increase in value or, you know, if it will decrease in value, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think largely the crypto community is uneducated about a lot of, I, I, I would I would guess, 
is it's like whoever is the educated people, those are largely like computer related people, like tech people. Mm-hmm. And the other people who are just like blowing up the value of shit coins, like those are the really dumb people who actually mm-hmm. don't really know what they're buying. And somewhere in between, there's me. <laughs> I think I think a lot of the crypto space is largely like people like you and I who people who think that we're somewhere in between. Yeah. That know more than the shitcoin guy, but no less than the Dr. Petties. Yeah, but still, how many shitcoins do you have? Probably more than how many shitcoins I have. Yeah, but that's because of all those airdrops. I didn't I didn't go out and get those shits. Like I had How many how many shitcoins did you actually go out and get? I'll let you know. You want to know? You want to fucking know? No, but see, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of dumb money, and what I mean is like you your your money and my money. Like, I would consider that dumb money. It's not like super educated about everything, like programmer money. I'm about that seven understands things. Coins. I got about seven shit coins, baby. Seven? I think I have two or three. But yeah, you know, it'd be interesting is uh, if we did a show where we grabbed a bunch of random people off the internet who are in crypto and asked them, you know, hey, why are you, what What are you invested in? Mm-hmm. What, what shit coins are you holding? And how did you get into those shit coins? And what do you know about the tech that's underlying those shit coins? And see if they, if they just, you know, if the vast majority don't just tell us something along the lines of, yeah, my, my buddy told me to get into it. That's literally going to be everyone's answer, though. It's, there's no one that's going to be like, yeah, I was hanging out in this chat group with Satoshi, and Satoshi dropped it on Uninner, and I started up mining. Like, we're way too far in the game for that, Jesse. It's going to be, yeah, my friend told me about it. I ignored him, and later I didn't. Well, I mean, the, 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 the opposing demographic would be the people who are actually have been developing this stuff you know, for longer periods of time. Yeah. And, and who actually understand, you know, what isn't going to work or what is going to work. For example, like the limitations, the current limitations of lightning and how some people are touting it. Largely, the people who don't actually understand how, how it works are the people who are like touting it as like, you know, the next best thing. Yeah, but me. they really don't actually understand how it's actually not going to work. That's me. I do that. I do that all the time. I kind of know how it works. I kind of don't. Do I need to know? Do I need to know? Do we need to know, Jesse? See, like, I mean, you're one of the few people in the world that actually knows what happens when you hit the light switch. I got no fucking clue what happens when I hit the light switch in my... In, oh, that was my, so interesting. I have no clue, dude. I turn on the yeah. light switch, and yeah. I have lights, and I love it. Yeah. You actually know. Does that make you... What does that do for your life? But just just realize this, like uh, my my knowledge stops at like electricity. Like electricity is this this uh, the transfer of charge from electron to electron, hopping around. Right. That's like I I don't understand the the mechanics 
on like a, a, a on the level of like a physicist of how all the conductive atoms within like a metal cable all those electrons are transferring like how how they're actually interacting like on a on a mathematical model scale like i I don't understand that shit yeah but i do understand more than you do about how a switch works you don't need to understand that stuff to go out and make a decision on whether you invest in an electric company or not you don't you know yeah i mean yeah to some extent you don't but then like if something like you know tesla comes along and then they say oh hey we're gonna put autopilot in our car and then the average joe eats that shit up like you know hot chocolate cake Ooh, that sounds good i i've never even thought about making my chocolate if, cake hot if an engineer who actually does like you know computer vision if if they were to like you know know about somebody touting like a car that drives itself back in whenever tesla launched they would have been like straight to be like absolutely not that's fake that's just marketing that's not going to happen for a while but it happened though it's not happened completely they're still working on it people are walking around driving themselves people, are, people are not walking of, around driving themselves people are driving on on when you can use the autopilot feature, right? You can't use it in like small cities. You can't use it when you're driving the downtown historic parts of like a of a city. You can really only use it on highways or interstates. Yeah. And even so, when it does lane change features, you still want to be mindful of how it's doing that because it could fuck up. And that is the current iteration of Tesla as it exists now, right? It's been years since the first Tesla launch and when they already touted it has autopilot, right? That's mm-hmm. why they've been sued. There was a class action lawsuit like, hey, this is not the shit that we were being sold. We thought we were buying rather. Mm. Right. So like the same thing, like eventually, like, you know, maybe one of these cryptocurrencies might develop, you know, uh, faster scale transactions, but at the in its current iteration, it blows dick. How dare you? And its current right. iteration, it's better than banking. It's better than that system. I Way mean, fucking is it, better. Is it though? Because yes. like I know I don't yes, I is. sure don't fucking use crypto to pay for any real life shit. Because we know it's gonna be worth a lot. See, that's the same retarded mentality that like like people who buy gold had in probably 1960s and 70s and they weren't wrong and even before value skyrocketed and they fucking boom yeah but people who profit from real estate gold whatever the shit is it takes fucking decades yeah and that's that's if if it reaches adoption it's all about the fucking journey, bro. That's the point of all of this. It's like we know we're far ahead and we just talk about this stuff. What we are is like this is going to be audible history one day. All this But this isn't gold. Do. Gold was like it is what it is. Like it, nobody's going to like transmute gold into diamonds, right? Gold is gold. Like this is digital code. Like the only unique thing about Bitcoin is the fact that it's been widely adopted. In, mm-hmm. in the narrative that everybody has had an equal opportunity to participate in mining rewards since inception, 
you know, so that it's like this free, like, excuse me, you know, democratized, decentralized financial are you just looking for payment words? system like it's just no i'm not i'm like trying to define what bitcoin is right like it's not really that much greater than just paying somebody with a 20 yeah or swiping your credit be. card it's not supposed to be it's, it's supposed to be money like it's not supposed to even be it doesn't even have to be that great like we're arguing about things or debating about things or discussing about things that like literally have we have no control over. If humanity wants to decide Bitcoin is the money, it's gonna make it so. I'm so trying to provide have, we don't have control the, over that. I'm trying to provide the um devil's advocate to this echo chamber that we sometimes more than likely often have. Yeah, I understand and, that it's and, an echo and, chamber, and, but that echo chamber is proving to be very, very true over the years and nothing's refuting that. Bitcoin is literally I mean, doing exactly what it said it was going to do. Like that's not crazy to you. That doesn't make you think like, Oh yeah, this stuff's going to happen. There's forces at work here, economic, sociological that are just going to make it. So, I mean, it's, it's been what, 10, ten years, years. and this thing has that's, it's grown. That's baby. That's that's baby time. Like ten years is yeah, nothing. When's the last time you've seen something in ten years grow this fast? What are we talking about? Like the internet. That's literally look the at only Netflix. Thing I Netflix think blew up real fast. It's like a hundred eighty billion market cap or two seventy. I don't even know what it's at now. It only took like what about ten years, fourteen. 12, 13. That's oh, only one no. company. Look at Shopify. No, like Netflix is 2000. I was just looking at this the other day. Uh, like a lot of companies, they make it to like six. hundreds of billions in like 20 years or less. So right now, Bitcoin is like, Bitcoin's it's also doing not all right. a company. Yeah, but people are treating the structure of it. Well, like the investment structure, like the way that money's pouring in, it's it's kind of in the same timeline as any other company that's a Fortune 500. Yeah, but the thing is, company. is like people also use it as money, and people also use it as uh, a technology, man. Like it has those use cases, and people are I using. I mean, but them like you way. haven't, like I don't know, dude. I think that everybody's hoarding it right now. I think that you're and a lot I wonder when the point is right going to come where the hoarding mentality and the hoarding narrative is going to be supplanted by the actual money purpose of 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 crypto just like you know fiat like where you actually transfer it to other people for actual services or goods cuz like that that's not happen. really happening that won't happen when Bitcoin gets that'll to the never point, happen. when Bitcoin gets to the point where it's so fucking valuable, you can actually start using it as money. It won't be used as money. We'll be yeah. using something that's a representative of Bitcoin. You mean like USDC? You mean like Tether? I mean, mean something. Like... I don't know what it's gonna be, but like that's the way the cookie crumbles man like when gold was the uh, like standard the status quo 
Guess what we didn't do? Move gold around. We started. We made paper certificates that were representatives of gold. One could even argue a derivative of gold. Because the people that had the gold didn't want to get rid of that shit. So then they talked everyone else into trading things that represented the shit that they actually owned. But you have to be so ideologically intertwined with this idea that Bitcoin is gold and that nothing can supplant Bitcoin because it has no, first Bitcoin movers advantages. I don't give a shit about gold. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. But there and were previous iterations, right? It is the fact that right now there's billions of dollars being invested in, in securing this network. So the people that are getting all this new Bitcoin aren't going to sell that shit for cheap. Because they got to pay bills. And guess what? In a year, when that shit halves, they only get 6.25 at a time. They ain't selling it for cheap. Because they got to pay their bills. They have all this investment money they got to pay back. And they've got electricity costs they've got to pay. So when it comes to somebody wanting some of their bright and shiny new Bitcoin, they're going to pay top fucking dollar. Electricity guess, will still be priced in fiat, though. But get, then, guess what's like? They're converting. They're not selling. They're not. They're not meeting their their requirements, like their utility requirements and their their rental requirements. And they're not paying that in in Bitcoin. They're converting Bitcoin to whatever the fiat is. Like if they're in China, they're converting it to yuan, well, we and then they're using they're yuan doing. to pay people. We don't know what they're. Doing. I don't think people are paying them in Bitcoin. Do you think? I think. China's crooked as shit, and we got no clue what's going on over there. <laughs> Not even. Okay, I can agree with that, but like, what's going on over there? So you think it's it's largely so mining is is from our understanding, right? It, which may be wrong, but like it's largely Chinese, right? Yeah. And, and if it's not China, it's like the U.S. and Germany. Nobody else is really mining this, right? Um, like China, U.S., China, Germany. Iran, uh, Greenland. There's some in the states. Canada's got a bunch. South America's got a lot of them. No, no. But again, we're talking about in terms of pie. So, like, if we were to talk about eighty percent of the whole pie, it's probably China, U.S., it's Germany. Oh yeah, yeah. If you add all of them up, yeah, yeah. I'd say China, U.S. Why Germany? Yeah. Not Germany. Um, Iran's going up. It's growing fast, man. Iran is growing up fast in the mining world. So, so we don't have like these metrics, but at least we can probably agree that it's U.S. and China, right? Yeah, for the top the two biggest slices of that mining pie of the hash rate. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, sure. We'll say that. Right, okay, well, then let's just say China's the biggest mining slice. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the biggest mining slice. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so our ideology about a decentralized crypto is literally being mined by a different country of whom we we have no association with. Yeah, but the thing is, is Bitcoin is agnostic be, to the state. It, it might even be like supported by the state you don't even know that yeah we have to assume that we have to assume crypto is being supported by the chinese state no we have to assume that bitcoin is not supported by the state 
Why do we have to if assume that? we don't that? assume that, like if we if we don't assume that, then there's no reason for Bitcoin at all, and we might as well have fiat. But if you know that 50% of the mining or so, like say it's 40 to 60% of the hash rate is coming from China, literally you're 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 tra- you're, you're trading your US dollars for something that is more closer to the Chinese yuan than anything. Yes. But you can't what I'm saying is that like in order for the game to work, we can't make the assumption that uh, this is like a government endorsed anything. This is this is just Bitcoin is agnostic to all of that. No one owns it. It's not an entity that, you know, is pushing for its value to do this or pushing for its value to do that. Like, that's the only assumption. You can't make that assumption because if you make that assumption, then the whole system breaks down. Well, that's my point. Like, the whole system does break down because crypto is being supplanted by traditional finance markets. Like you're saying, derivatives markets is probably going to be the biggest slice of crypto Mm -hmm. being pumped, right? And where are those derivatives coming from? They're coming from. Mm-hmm. They're, they're ultimately from coming from leveraged, leveraged assets that are from the Fed or from any country's central bank or Federal Reserve equivalent. Yeah, and also so it's like, like history. It's all indirect. Itself. It's all indirectly tied to fiat of every country. It's like whoever wants to print more money and then leverage that money, and then those you know their equivalent Wall Street is going to be pumping money into crypto or pumping other people's money into crypto as far as like ETFs or 401k investment um, products. You know, everything comes back to like whichever country is pumping the most money into this crypto thing through ultimately their ability to mint money at their taxpayer's expense is largely going to be the country who benefits the earlier they get that money in. My question is, what do we do with like, we printed, okay, we printed like $158 billion in the last two weeks, the US has, what markets went up? Like, that's the thing that blows my mind is like, I wish I had, it's such a beautiful system because I don't even have the time to try and do the analysis to figure out like where that money went, you know, like, I don't even think I have the money to access those APIs. I don't have the time to analyze all that market data like it's a beautiful system like we printed 150 billion dollars and it just went into the wind like somebody made somebody made a fuck ton of money off of that like who right to go you know that that's that kind of shit blows my mind it's like this is such a beautiful fucking game system because like somebody just made billions of dollars overnight where did it go why like it's not someone it's like yeah i mean i know what you mean when you say someone you mean like a group of people like whoever whatever industry wherever that's going well so like that money let's trace it right so like it's going to banks yeah but what are they doing with it like that's that's the thing though like what so so what did they do they leveraged the existing they, they leveraged their existing equity for high risk like whatever lending, high risk lending in general, whether it's for mortgages, whether it's for cars, whether it's for 
businesses, whether it's for personal loans, it was all high risk money that's been lost already. They've already lost that money. So all the Fed is doing is printing more money to be re-leveraged in so that banks can be like, all right, we're, 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 we still have liquidity to play around with and keep our system churning. Like maintain that, you know, three to whatever, three to four. I don't know what the actual percentage is, like something like that. Single, low single digit percentage of liquidity of actual cash at hand. And, you know, the rest is being loaned out. Mm -hmm. It's bananas. It's like they're just greasing the gears and the gears are like old as fuck. And then. Like all the money is just un it's just more gears that are being thrown into this huge ass gear system. Every every production meeting in the morning, hey, you know we could replace these gears or get a new machine. Yeah, but did you try greasing them? I mean, have you looked inside of the gearbox? There's a lot of grease in there, like a lot. Yeah, the interest rate is like <laughs> grease control, and then like injecting new money is like introducing more gears it's like they only have two methods of controlling the stability of money markets either they jack up the number of gears or to like make it just more convoluted for people to fucking understand and just fucking inject more gears or just like fucking lower the interest rate and just grease all the fucking gears at once Oh. And then, like once, once, once that, like once they crank the interest rate all the way down to zero, it's like after that, like they start going negative interest rates, and then fucking shit starts like going to hyperdrive, and like I don't know. At that point, you like they can go negative interest rate, but then shit starts breaking. The gears start breaking. You know what's funny is like I've literally been in the meetings where like a a, a shitty process worked great one time. So then yeah. they developed a shitty process around the shitty process. And there's probably like a, Hey, look at this. Look at this number here. It's about time to add another gear. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, yeah, when they should just fucking redo the whole system. <laughs> it's about, it's time like, to... it's like, it's like the way governments do like fucking code. Like it's fucking old. The old infrastructure is old. The people who wrote it are retired by now. And some new guy has to be like, what the fuck is like COBOL? Like what is Fortran? And like they they've been taught how to write in Python and like Ruby and all the shiny new languages, mm -hmm. and they have to like recrack open like books about like how what the fuck is like all this old programming language that everything is fucking written in, <laughs> and then they have to like slap on more COBOL and Fortran and maybe some some fancy Python, but probably not because yeah. it's the government. Yep, pretty much. It's time they make to it add juicy. more grease, baby. It's like, and then, and then what you do that creates a market, Jesse. Because then what you do is you give government contracts to grease yeah, sell manufacturers, to sell, sell grease, baby. You get in the grease game. Everybody's selling repackaged shit. <laughs> we got to wrap up the show, man. We spent the entire show on one tangent. We talked about we had three articles. And well, it was it was all about this one article. What billions in Fed repo injections reveal about the promise of Bitcoin? Well, there's no fucking promise in Bitcoin if if we realize that like all the value in Bitcoin comes from basically distended money markets, right? Like then it just means that if everything crashes, literally yeah. Bitcoin's going with it. Here's the thing that I think that you 
aren't making the leap with that's even hard to make the leap and it's even hard for me to define coming out of my mouth right now is that you're trying to get like a physical tangible value a physical equation balanced in your head but what you're you're saying i should just believe that sounds really shitty but and that sounds very religious and ideological that's what money is it is a collective illusion it is a collective agreement on an illusion everyone has this illusion that this thing means this and then we all act accordingly Beer bag. Let me go throw up and sell all the crypto I have. Like, no, That's like, what I, I mean, money is? It is man. what it is. I gave somebody yeah. a twenty dollar bill, Jesse, today. I gave him a twenty, and it's it's just a dirty, nasty, bacteria laden piece of cotton shit with green, various shades of green ink on it. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, it, what is it? What it's, it, it's it backed doesn't by represent the, a goddamn thing. It doesn't represent most anything. Most productive, most militarily armed nation on earth. Cool. That's what that represents. That represents freedom, baby. I just gave you some. I gave you twenty slices of U.S. soldiers' tears. What did That's I give right. you? What did I fucking give you? I gave you nothing. I gave you a collect. We just had a collective ag- a- illusion together, and it hit our brains in the same way. So what you're saying, th- what you're saying is you you believe because right now it's it's at belief stage. You believe that the narrative of Bitcoin will will be stronger than the narrative of fiats from countries. Yes. Yeah. There you go. You're a fanatic. <laughs> Fine. Call it what you will. No, I mean, but it's true though. Like you're not wrong. It's just it's kind of gross because that's what it all comes down to, right? That's it doesn't even it matter about the tech. Like it matters about that enough people are are under the delusion that this money is more valuable than other money. And then that's it. That's all it takes. Look, man, that's all I can tell you is that like things start to make sense when you realize things don't make that much sense. Think about like when they use salt for money and then all of a sudden they didn't. Right. Because somebody was like, hey, you know, we can like put this on like steak and shit. And then Bro, somebody was like, you salt as money. Huh? I, I, I didn't know that you used salt as money. We've used salt as money. We've used sand as money. We use seashells as money. We've used yeah, like rocks lace as money. We used salt as money. There's infinity salt on the planet. And people were like, you know what? Because I can put it in this bag. Well, no, that was that was a time when we didn't realize that there was a lot of salt on on the That's earth. That's what I'm saying is like things make sense until they don't. Well, but and here's then, the thing: there's like infinite Bitcoin, right? You could just make your own, you know, clone of the repository. There's not infinite Bitcoin. Drink it. There's infinite like cryptocurrencies yeah. that you could make, but there's not infinite Bitcoin, and we've decided that. Not through math. Enough retarded not- people and people dedicated to like community projects and forwarding the tech. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, uh, yeah, it is. It's 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 good and it's bad. And it's good because it's something new, <laughs> but it's bad because we feel like we've escaped the velocity of what is shitty money. But we've literally jumped into the same thing. I don't think that we have. We've jumped into something totally different that we have to redefine how it works for ourselves. And that's what we are doing. 
Yeah, but ultimately, this is like super obfuscated. It all comes back down to everybody's going to find a way to make more value within Bitcoin because that's just what humans do. We like, we cheat systems. So, like, it doesn't matter that Bitcoin is. Is inherently like the model for Bitcoin is like trust, but verify. Because humans will always find a way to like game the system. So like it, it ultimately it doesn't fucking matter. Like you could create the most perfect currency, but humans would find a way to like taint that shit and make more of it. Which is what shit coins are, right? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. I wish I wish I could make you feel better about the existence, but I just can't. There's like this money and that shit is just like it's a collective illusion, and I wish it, it weren't. It is. That's all that it is, and that's why it doesn't get. That's that's why it's hard to talk to about people like normal people, because they don't deal in illusions. They deal hard in reality. So like to be. I guess a fanatic is what you just called me and to be like really at one point, at one point I was really a fanatic. I'm not so much anymore. Now I'm just like a, I'm a believer, Jesse. I'm Morpheus in this bitch. At one point I was young Morpheus. Now I'm old Morpheus. Um, is that regular people don't give a shit about money. They care about real things. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I know it's true. You th- You think that Wait, what do you mean by that? Because I know for a fact, if if I walked up to somebody and I said, here's a million dollars or here's $10 million or here's a billion dollars. They do not care about the f- actual money and its properties and things that we nerd out over. They care about what that money can do for them. Like regular people don't tie money to just money. They tie it to like an item or a thing like Oh, a million dollars. That'll pay my rent 100,000 times. I don't know. Fucking, you know what I mean? Like that's they they think about real things. Like when I say regular people I'm talking about people that aren't into cryptocurrency like me. Right. But arguably that's what people thought about gold and shit like that, right? Anything that's precious. I don't think it's so. It's the same mentality, no? I think the people that I think gold has a weird storyline that like people really like gold. Because okay. you can hold it and you can own it and it's shiny and it's yours and a government doesn't have it. It's just a metal that's valuable, right? That's got some like neat properties to it. Like I, I, I happen to know someone who's a gold bug and a silver bug. And it's like, yeah, it's like you could just see them holding or you know the t- the way they talk about it you could just see them in their home like ooh my gold bar it's mine it's, it's like smeagol yeah it's my gold bar like it's different but what we're all proposing is that there's going to be a new collective illusion and that collective illusion is going to be bitcoin and that's where it goes the reason we're all agree we're huh? all agreeing that we're all like hipsters I mean, if you think about it, like, it's all collective illusion. Some countries' illusion evaporates, like Zimbabwe and, like, in Venezuela. Like, it's like, wow, we were all living on this fucking crazy street. Like, this money is actually fucking worthless. What were we doing? Let's just throw this shit on the street. 
You know, I mean, it's just, that's all it is. But then the practicalities of needing to buy bread with things that weren't quadrillion dollar bills, Zimbabwean yeah. dollar bills brought them back to re-stabilizing their currency, though. It brings it back to reality. So, like, I think bringing crypto back to reality is, like, it doesn't scale. You can say, like, it's not supposed to scale and, like, all the other narratives that defend that, that come to the defense of why it, it's shit compared to Visa or using dollars. But, like, at, at the end of the day, like, it's all fucking trying to get people onto the same illusion bandwagon that you're writing so that your value goes up. It's not so that your value goes up. Everyone else's costs go down if they get on the better system. Yeah, but they don't, D. That's like that's how everybody makes their money. Middleman, right? Contract that's... work. Middlemen. Systems within should. systems within systems. Apple Pay. Google Play. All the markets that come in between like yeah, publishers that's, the, that's publishers. that's the crazy that's the other riddle is that this bitcoin allows you to eliminate the middleman but then in doing so you become the middleman you like, can choose to become the middleman or design the decentralized exchange that doesn't require one but you know we've seen that coinbase is very profitable and it's going to continue to be profitable people like middlemen people like middlemen there's no way around that when you say people like middlemen i the people who design the decentralized exchanges don't like middlemen but you're no, saying like people person, humans in general like middlemen they don't like bad middlemen yeah you're right they like a middleman though it's, yeah it's a flaw do you do your own plumbing no but if i had time i'd do it actually you know you know what no yes yes we do we we've never actually hired a plumber okay in fact i I went to uh huh who's somebody you hired for something recently uh recently uh landscaper there you go to uh remove a tree though something that's not possible we don't I have mean, the you could have removed that tree if you had the tools you could have went out you could have bought the tools you could have learned how to do it you could have uh, removed the tree, but you didn't. Don't you have to have a permit to remove trees? Hey, you could have went and got a permit. You could have done everything on your own, Jesse. You could have done it all on your own. You know it. See, the but problem with society is that you have to have certification, specialization, education, like training. No, that's not a problem right? with society. That's a good thing about society. So now you don't have a bad middleman. You've got a quote-unquote good middleman. And we like middlemen. No, no, no. I think you're confusing middlemen with like somebody who's actually offering a service that you cannot do. Like that's I'm not, not a middleman confusing service. It. I'm conflating it. I'm conflating. Yeah, that's right. It on purpose. Yeah, you're you're conflating it. You're conflating the two. You're conflating the phrase middleman and conflating that with the actual person who actually does a service. Layered middlemen. Nevertheless, though is that I don't trust myself to do plumbing. So the plumber could come in and tell me anything under the fucking sun. And like, unless I do a little bit of reading or take time out of my day to figure out, I'm paying for that middleman. I just hope he's not a bad one. He's the middleman in between me having pipes that fucking work and me having pipes that don't. 
So I pay him for that. Or her. But mostly him. Are there women plumbers out there? Do they have a plumber's crack too? That probably makes it awkward. They probably hymn that up. Yeah. But anyways. Um, I don't think middlemen are avoidable in finance. I don't think middlemen are avoidable, period, in life. I I'm think gonna get deep right here, Jesse. I'm going to get deep. Are you ready for this? Go for it. Even a preacher is a middleman. It's between, true. Between you and the Lord. But some people need that, right? Exactly. People need middlemen. That should, yeah. be, that should be the quote. That should go on a shirt. People need middlemen. Some middlemen get automated away. Like right now, I could buy a car and never have to even fucking think of talking to a salesman. Carvana. Carvana, baby. Let me go and let me put boom. Get get a brand new fucking car using the internet. I don't even need to talk to a salesman. But would you ever do that? I think I would at this point i've watched that industry grow from kind of internally my brother was a car salesman and he was like yeah there's no need to ever go to a dealer anymore just well here's the thing you don't get to drive the car right before you purchase it excuse me why do we need to it's not like it was fucking just look at the specs no but don't you want to like see but this here's the thing you're you're like a person who doesn't appreciate cars then right like some oh, yeah. people actually want to appreciate a car and get behind the wheel before they make the purchase, especially if it's going to be beyond, you know, a ten, twenty thousand dollar car, right? If they start paying, you know, half a million for a car, they probably want oh, to that's touch a different the car story. before they that's buy a, it. Yeah, that's a different story. I'm, t- I'm not talking about that scenario. I'm talking about like a fucking Toyota Corolla. Come on now. So you're talking about the so we're we're going back to making broad generalizations. We're talking about the average person wants a middleman. Then, yeah. So your shirt would read: "Average Joe needs a middleman. Always will always." Average Joe loves the middleman. Loves the middleman. Okay. I consider myself an average Joe, and I do like middlemen, Jesse. They make my life easier. No, everybody loves the middlemen. What are you talking about? Even wealthy people have middlemen. They just have different type of middlemen. Again, like you know, they have different type of middlemen, but they still have middlemen. The OTC market provide a service; they're not necessarily middlemen. Like people who find people who are doing that service, those are actual middlemen, right? People who are actually not performing the service uh, that you actually need, but rather looking for somebody who actually does do that or a a product that doesn't ultimately satisfy your need, but actually looks for other products that do. I feel like this would be such such a cool video thing for us to have a big whiteboard and record us going like, okay, let's define middlemen and there's layers of middle manness. There's the middlemen on the outsides that are the shittiest of the shit that literally just say like, hey, you need a thing. Let me connect you to where you can get that. And here's a fee for that connection. And then there's right in the center of middleman. And that's the actual person who knows the stuff and provides the service. And you've got like different degrees of, of middlemanness. 
or woman, this middle person. I gotta use the right pronoun. Hmm. I think there's certain industries that don't like it. Like, for example, the food, the farm to table shit, right? Mm -hmm. They want to abstract away the uh, the role of like whoever is actually doing uh, produce uh, deals between farmers and actual restaurants or uh, farmers and the distribution chains like Walmart. They want to pretend like that shit doesn't exist so that you're actually getting your shit straight from the farmer. Mm-hmm. So like in some industries, people want to think that there's really no middleman handling shit. But finance just again happens to be one of those things where you want that human interaction, that person that you can call and be like, hey, I forgot my password. Help me. Let me give you my last four digits of my social security number and my date of birth. And let me tell you my first pet's name and where I was born. And you'll reset my account information because I'm a retard. We got to wrap this up, man. We got to. Man. I'm done. We didn't even talk about the headlines. I feel like you had a long week. You you you, you did some you did some crypto shitting today. You shit on people's <laughs> shit in people's soup tonight. Kadunk? That's I mean, because because like it's like uh, you know, Bitcoin go up, Bitcoin go down, repo payments come in. I think I think that Money. sometimes you try to understand things at a depth that you get to a point where it's like it's like when the physics break down. Yeah. The equivalent of that is like when the logic breaks down. You're like, what? I don't. This is stupid. It's all just stupid. And it's like that's yeah. the second time somebody said that to me today. Like you go so deep that you get to a point where you're just like it doesn't make sense anymore. And you're right. It doesn't make sense when the logic breaks down, man. You shed two tears in a bucket and say, fuck it. Damn. I think here's the thing. I think it's going to be funny is that when this happens to you in a like um, pivotal time, it'll really sink in. Like I was, I think, 32 years old when I realized nobody gives a fuck about numbers or math in the world. They just don't. They only care about how they feel. Right? You could show somebody proof after proof after proof about why you're right and why they're wrong, and they don't give a shit. They just don't. They only care about how you made them feel the whole time. And that was a blow to me because I was like, but all of my education taught me otherwise. And I was like, damn, nobody gives a shit about any of that. You really don't. I think it's a balance. I think if you're in a role where your technical expertise saves lives and you can't just bullshit, because you are going to bullshit, right? You're going to free freehand things, but like, you don't freehand a bridge. Yeah, yeah. People, right. people will care if you wing a bridge. People will get <laughs> mad if you wing a bridge. Right? This motherfucker made this bridge out of fucking popsicle sticks. He's like, yeah, people, that shit worked in fifth grade. It's working now, baby. <laughs> right. So people will get mad if you if you build a plane with the wings going the other way in a way that is not aerodynamic. 
people will get mad if you if you don't design a booster on our on a spaceship and it blows up before getting out of the atmosphere. People get mad over that too. Yeah, that, so that like, makes people upset. But I think that if you're in a position where your words mean more than what you bring in a quantifiable sense, then yeah, maybe you're right. But if if your position is like where numbers matter, logic matters, then you'll probably see that differently and say something different. Yeah. I think For example, del- if I maybe make a drug... A dan- maybe it's a dance of both. You know, maybe it's a I think it's a dance of both. And it depends on what your role is in society where you lean one way or the other. There's quantitative and then qualitative. And it's got to be think, a little bit of both. I think uh, a little bit of both, but certainly some professions tend to lean harder toward one or the other. That's very true. And with that, let's wrap. This has been an interesting episode. We literally did talk. We're getting so bad about like actually talking about crypto headlines that we might need to rename the show. (laughs) (laughs) We started out like with such a great structure of talking about three headlines a day. And move I blame on. it on the lack of the Excel sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our Excel sheet broke, guys. It's been a fucking tough go. I I had like an automated Excel sheet, and then just like it broke, and we've been struggling ever since because I can never fucking remember to to set it back up. Maybe we should put a bounty on that. Hey guys, if you set up our Excel spreadsheet again, if you know, here we go. I'm gonna make it official. If you know how to use Zapier, right, and you can set up our Excel spreadsheet. Uh, to be working again, I'll I'll drop you some dimes in crypto. I'll pay you in crypto to make that happen again because I just simply don't have the time. So you got you got to tell them you're gonna do it through yeah. Coinbase. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pay you through Coinbase. Give me your email address. <laughs> All right. Um. We're going to wrap it. Sorry we didn't talk about many headlines, but quite honestly, the price dropped and nobody gives a shit what else happened. Um, <laughs> I mean, for real. like no, it's, it's true. Nobody, nobody cares. It's true. Um, let's say uh, please join the bitcoinpodcast.com slash slack. If you go to the slack, you can join us. Um, there's a lot of people in the Slack that have a lot of great opinions and a lot of good advice and a lot of good. If you're new to crypto and you're looking for like your crypto home, like a place where you can go where you can talk about crypto in no nonsense way, a lot of people like Jesse are going to tell you what is and what isn't with crypto, what you can believe is hype, what you can't believe is hype. There's a lot of price talk in there. Futurism. It's just a really good community that we've curated over the years. Um you could join that slack we'd love to have you we would um on the network we've got other shows we've got the bitcoin podcast we have um dose of ether we have hashing it out uh we have a lot of shows um and we're running them like clockwork so you can subscribe to this feed and you'll get all of them soon we will be syndicating shows so we will have one show that will be coming back to the network under syndication called Block Channel. Um, and we will be syndicating more and more shows should they choose to be syndicated on the network. So um, 
as expected, you can expect continuous changes and growth with things that we offer and do. Um, if you want to help us be better at offering these things as a network, you can become a patron at the patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast um, network. I believe that's what it is. Hold up. I can get you the actual URL. Uh, and we have some goals. Our first is hiring a couple of producers for the network. If we if we can reach a goal of making five hundred dollars a month, um, we will hire a couple of part time producers to help us make the content that much better. Maybe maybe Jesse, then we won't feel guilty for going into deep conversations like this because we do will you know. feel guilty. I, I do feel don't. guilty, huh? Why? Because I feel like people tuned in to sign it for headlines and not for us to have a riff. So that's what the description of every podcast says about just the headers. Yeah, that's true. Um, but please become a patron. We're we're three hundred and uh, three hundred and fifty eight dollars away from that five hundred per month to hire two part time um, producers to help all of the shows make better content. And then if you really want to throw down ducats and tell your friends about this awesome cryptocurrency podcast network. Uh, we had the thousand dollars per month goal as well. Like we're really trying to do better. So, and video content, we want to do that for you guys, but it's not cheap. <laughs> so, so that's another thing you can help become a patron. So go to the Bitcoin podcast.com slash the Bitcoin podcast network, all one word slash the Bitcoin podcast network and see about becoming a patron. You'll get some things like, uh, you could be a uh, you get the feed early, so we release shows early on there. It's worth it. I think it's worth it. Uh, we have a store store dot the bitcoin podcast dot com. You can get all kinds of shit there, all kinds of stuff. Um, we'll be selling pre workout gummies called Boost Blocks from the store soon. <laughs> get those there that's funny. Uh, anyways uh thank you guys for tuning in we really appreciate it we hope you listen to all the content on the network this week and we hope you had a good drive to work um or a good workout people also listen to us while they work out all right play the outro